once again to Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? Well, I have a paper cut on the tip of one of my fingers, and it's driving me bonkers. But other than that, I'm doing well. You would be put on a disabled list for the uh, Major League Baseball team. (laughs) I don't doubt it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. And you don't have a paper cut, I assume? No, and if I did, I wouldn't be whining about it. Oh! oh like, like baseball Shots player. fired! The best is a baseball player put on disabled list for blister. Well, those are usually pitchers. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. It's my uh, mousing finger, man. That's oh, a- well, then. <laughs> Whatever. So, uh, let's see here. This is uh, episode 10 of season 2 of our podcast. And uh, you can find us at darkdiscussions.com. That is the umbrella podcast that this podcast is a spinoff of. Rather than creating a, an entire new website and so forth, uh, we just put this under the darkdiscussions.com website. And if you want to discuss Westworld for bullets, brothels, and bots, you can email at darkdiscussions at AOL.com, or you can join the Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group, where we have a big conversation going on on that site. What is Dark Discussions? Dark Discussions is a genre podcast that talks weekly films such as horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno-thrillers, mysteries, midnight movies, and such. And uh, you can find here, us, meaning Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, under the RSS feed on iTunes, Google, Stitcher Play, under Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. Or you can find us under Dark Discussions, and, and you can then get all the podcasts that are under the Dark Discussions umbrella if you go that route. But you can just get Bullets, Brothels, and Bots if you uh, subscribe to Bullets, Brothels, and Bots. Uh, before we get into any other things, uh, Eric, you actually do multiple podcasts, including one with your buddy Dan. I do. Uh, the one I do with Dan is a general interest podcast called the Scancy Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on Google Play, Stitcher, and the iTunes Store. And, Mike, besides Dark Discussions Podcast and Bullets, Brothels, and Bots Podcast, you also do two other podcasts, one with me and Eric and another one with just me. And you also have a, a genre blog? Well, the one with just you is Searching for American Gods, uh, an American Gods podcast. And the one with you and Eric is, of course, uh, Dark Discussions, but also uh, You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Westworld podcast. With any luck, both of those will be you returning... You just said a Westworld podcast. Well, yeah. You didn't know about the crossover? <laughs> no, I missed it. <laughs> it's gonna, no, yeah. It's going to turn out that that Westeros really is just you know the, the Westeros world. It's the, the one of the missing <laughs> three worlds. <that laughs> they're going to they're going to merge the two shows into Westeros. Absolutely, world. It. and it's going right. to turn and it's going to turn out that that Sansa is just the latest host for Dolores. That's actually yeah, that, that would make sense. Actually, that makes sense. imagine that two redheads. 
Evan Rachel Wood and Sophie Turner together on the same show? I don't know that Evan Rachel Wood is a redhead, Phil. I, I think they're both uh, fake redheads for their television shows. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, and they're actually both blonde. But that's Well, Dolores is blonde for her TV show. Yeah, yeah you're, you're crazy, Phil. She's not at all redhead. Oh, you're right. She was, she, Evan Rachel Wood was a redhead in True Blood and in some of her other movies. So I'm not quite sure... Well, what her hair color is. Well, Phil, Phil doesn't look at the eyes very often. He's, he's at the, the hair very often. He's too focused <laughs> looking down at the eyes. At the eyes, that's what he focuses on. Yeah, never makes it up yeah. up to the never makes it up to the hair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyhow, yeah. So anyway, uh, you know nothing, Jon Snow. A Game of Thrones slash Westworld podcast will be returning in hopefully 2019 when those series return. Uh, we don't know what will happen after Game of Thrones ends. Uh, whether we will continue with whatever spin-off series there may be. Oh, God, please, no. What do you mean, no, Eric? I'm so done with Game of Thrones. Really? Oh, absolutely. I'm very disappointed to hear that, Eric. Well, it is what it is. Well, I'm sure Mike uh, is still a big fan of Game of Thrones. Uh, I would be a fan of the show if I didn't have to do a podcast about it. Interesting. How about that? All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Either way, we'll uh, discuss that when we uh, uh, come to the end of the original series of Game of Thrones. Maybe me and Mike will just go off on our own, but we would love to have Eric join us weekly to discuss Game of Thrones spinoff. Hello, Eric. Where are you going with this? I don't know where I'm going with it. (laughs) Anyway. Um, So, yes, uh, that's correct. Uh, So you can find those uh, podcasts uh, on the Dark Discussions Umbrella, though Ascancity is actually an independent podcast that you can find under Ascancity, A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. Um, now, Good job. Thank you. Uh, You're the first person other than myself I've ever heard spell that correctly. Well, I'm so used to repeating <laughs> what, what you have said to me for the past seven years. I mean, you should have it by now, but still, it's the first time you said it out loud. Fair enough. Actually, I have said it multiple times when you've been unable to participate due to work or something. Ah. And, and I always promote your podcast. Well, thank you. Yes. Uh, now, uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, let's, we do have an email uh, about Westworld. We'll discuss later. Uh, but also, we um, are doing things as a podcast, meaning the umbrella of dark discussions. And uh, what are those things first mike what's the thing in early august that you're doing or and i'm possibly doing as well uh i am going to be at the uh, scares of care weekend in williamsburg virginia for the fifth time this is the fifth anniversary of the uh convention where we raised uh money for charity specifically for scares of care i strongly recommend going to visit the charity webpage scaresofcare.org to learn about the families that they're helping to learn about how they raise their money and how the money is utilized uh so you can trust if you want to donate uh, that your money is going to be going uh to a good location um lots and lots of guests there uh, as always uh the big ones for me are there's uh Three actors from Game of oh, Game of Thrones. See, now I got my brain stuck. Sons There's of three, three actors from Sons of Anarchy: Mark Boone Jr., uh, who played Bobby, Tommy Flanagan, who played uh, Chibs, and Tim uh, Kim Coates, who played Tig. Uh, were three of my favorite actors from the show. And they'll also be doing a photo op if you want to get that. You also have Kim, uh, sorry, Keith David from The Thing and They Live and Platoon. 
uh, Night of the Comets, uh, Carrie Matherin Stewart, Kelly Maroney, uh, Doug Bradley, who we just did a Q&A with at Scaracon Weekend, will be there. Sidney Walsh from Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and to Die For, Zach Galligan from Gremlins, uh, and many, many others will be there. Uh, again, you can go to the webpage and look that up. Oh, and Sid Haig was the final guest announced. He's been there almost every year except for when he had a heart attack, and he's going to be doing a photo op in full uh, Captain Spaulding, House of a Thousand Corpses makeup. So if you want to do that, that's that as well. There's lots of other things there to do, but we'll be doing a panel there on a, or an episode of Dark Discussions there on Friday night uh, that I'm trying to put together and just when you hear back from a few people. All right, very good. So uh, if you are in the Williamsburg, Virginia area, uh, you can meet up with Mike and myself, possibly. I may be showing up as well. Uh, and if you uh, have questions, you can always email darkdiscussions at AOL.com. Uh, now, Eric, what are we doing as a podcast later in August? Uh, later in August, uh, we will be meeting up in Mystic, Connecticut on the weekend of August 25th. Uh, so uh, if you care to join us, we'd love to meet with some of our listeners uh, if you care to come out to Mystic that weekend, uh, send an email to darkdiscussions at AOL.com and Phil can give you all the details. Uh, so, yeah, we're planning on uh, probably going to a movie and then recording a podcast afterwards. Um, although that might, hmm, we'll see what happens because we had planned on seeing a certain movie and now it's up in the air as to whether it's actually going to have a theatrical release or not. So we'll find out. Uh, but whatever the case may be, we will definitely be in Mystic that weekend. So please join us. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we, we do have alternate plans for films. Their schedules are, are shifting around, but there should be some sort of genre film that will be at the theaters, um, and we're planning to see that probably on Saturday to the episode uh, live, live meaning uh, in person together. And then the next day we're going to do another episode, a uh, special uh, themed episode, and uh, that will include myself, Mike and Eric of Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, and our co-hosts, Christy Peterson, Schoonover, and Abe Spinney, uh, which are co-hosts for the Dark Discussions podcast. So there will be five of us meeting uh, for the weekend. And as Eric said, if you want to join us, darkdiscussions at AOL.com for details. And the hotels will be uh, fairly easy to find because New London, Connecticut, Groton, Connecticut, and Mystic, Connecticut, among a few other places such as Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun Casinos, are all within a seven-mile radius, and it's loaded with places to visit, or I mean to stay, because it is a pretty high tourist area. All right, let's see. Um, so, Mike, you said you had some news, uh, something about a an app about Westworld, related to Westworld? Well, there's a new game out for Westworld that's available on uh, iTunes, and I'm imagining for uh, your Android devices. I have not played it. I understand it's similar to the Fallout game that came out a while ago. In fact, there may be a lawsuit over that, but uh, there is a game out. Uh, it's not something I've tried. If anyone else has played it or is interested in playing it, why don't you give it a shot and let us know what you think. But... If your thing, there you go. Interesting. Uh, I assume it would be under ten dollars. Usually, apps, games are only you know anywhere between ninety nine cents to four ninety nine. Uh, but I have not looked it up 
so I do not know. Um, and do you know the name of it, or should we just... I assume you just search for Westworld, right, Mike? That would be my guess. Okay, very well, very well. All right, so I'm, lo- I'm trying to look it up now, and uh, let's see what we get. Uh, Westworld on the iTunes App Store, and uh, yeah, here it is. Uh, it is... Let's see the price. Uh, let's see, get. Uh, it may actually be free. So I'm thinking it's free, and then you probably play the first few episodes, and then you pay for the rest like a lot of games are. That's how I'm guessing. So, all right, very good. That sounds cool. Would you like bullets for your gun? Nineteen ninety-nine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You wear, you're, you're dying of heat exhaustion. Would you like to have a, wear a hat to protect you from the sun and so you can copy your memories? I've I've had I bought uh, or downloaded a couple of games where you know it's uh, find things in the environment type of games and then after you do the first level the second level comes up three ninety nine it's like oh I'm done with this game well yeah but a lot of them are more uh, yeah this game is totally free but we're gonna give you annoying ads every five minutes yeah true true maybe worth checking out lost three lives you have to wait twenty four hours to play again or Watch an ad, or spend this amount of money to get rid of all the ads and play all you want. You know, all that sort of stuff. That or link, link to your friends on Facebook and try to get them to. Oh yeah, that'll play. Your... That'll let you play for another oh, yeah. four minutes. People on Facebook love that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, let's see. All right, so uh, that's uh, something of note. Uh, also, there was a new article that I just found um, by Entertainment Weekly where they interviewed Jonathan Nolan. Um, and asked him a few questions about the show and the season, uh, but they did uh, ask him an interesting question. And originally, I thought that the article was going to be crapola because it sounded like it was one of those political uh, opinion setup articles, but it wasn't at all. Or at least he didn't answer it that way. Um, and uh, this article is called "Westworld: Co-Created Defends Complex Plotting Humanity Criticism." And uh, so basically, they asked him if his view of humanity was really as dire as the television show. And after jokingly saying, you know, everything's fine, he goes uh, about humanity, he says, it's a fucking total disaster. (laughs) And every time I turn on the news, I'm provided with fodder for our discontent. I Uh think our timing might have been exactly right on. Listen, I'm surrounded by the wonders of the creations of human beings. I have children and Lisa, my wife and co-creator or co-showrunner of the show, uh, and I remind, are reminded daily of how much beauty there is in humanity, uh, meaning his children. But yes, you turn on the, the friggin' news and it's a shit show. And I've been reading a lot of history this season, a little bit connected to the show, but also just following the train of things I'm interested in. And it's depressing to realize how familiar some of these problems are, Right. It's like we just can't figure these frigging things out. We come back to them again and again. It's as if there's a flaw, and this is very much the premise in our second season. There's a flaw in our human code, and it follows us around. Wherever we go, there we are, and we just can't get out of our frigging way. All the beauty and incredible things we brought, and we just consistently find a way to fuck it all up. Preach, brother, preach! 
And then he, he says, well, I have to read the second paragraph. And he goes, much of the dramatic storytelling across the ages has concerned itself with how will we overcome and personal growth and change. At a certain point, you've got to fucking call it. We're not going to fix this shit. We're not going to figure it out. But there's an opportunity for the things that replace us to do so. And that's the dream of every parent, right? That their child doesn't face the same things they do, that they make better choices. But there does, does seem to be a pattern of behavior that follows us, that history echoes from the past, the same mistakes, the same follies. So you say, at what point does this fix itself, or are we just stuck this way? All right, now, Mike, you're going to say something. Well, first of all, I'm 96% sure he didn't say friggin'. Right. Uh, the F bomb, and I just was was. <laughs> Secondly, uh, the problem is it's not going to fix itself. There is no fixing itself. If you're waiting for things to fix itself. You're part of the problem. Uh, just a thought: if your kids aren't any better than you are, maybe put your iPad down and interact with your children a little bit. Just a thought. Uh, but the third is it's not a matter of one or the other. Humans are complex creatures, and you know, same people are capable of doing wonderful things and are capable of doing horrible things. Uh, that that's just the nature of of life. Life is complicated, and people are complicated. You know, it's it's. I think if you look at the general arc of history, I think if you look, uh, I'm sure Kevin Letts would would, would point out uh, that if you buy into uh, the uh, Christian theological worldview, humanity is a uh, fallen creation, and therefore we're you know sin is a natural state, and it's a, our, our burden to kind of overcome that from an evolutionary point of view. I would argue that, you know, we do have very selfish drives and we do tend to give into those now and again or often, um, depending on who you are. And it's very difficult to put those aside for the betterment of your fellow man. Indeed. Indeed. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things. I mean, Chris Pratt had a, a speech at the MTV Awards uh, recently and um, he, he had some really good points. Um, uh, he had nine points of life. Some of them were, were religious points, but some, some of them were kind of related to this, which is, uh, like, for example, his number nine was, nobody is perfect. People will tell you that you are perfect just the way that you are, but you're not. You are imperfect. You always will be, but there's a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you are willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. Like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood. Do not forget that. Don't take that for granted. And obviously he's, he's talking a little bit religious there, but he also has a good point there, which is um, we're, we're, we're designed, whether nature or a, a greater being, as flawed individuals. Um, basically, one in five, one in ten, one, I'm sorry, one in 20 people are sociopaths, which means they have no conscience. Then if you add every other uh, path, quote-unquote path, such as narcissist and, and on and on and on, then you're saying one in every five people are are possibly more damaged than others and, and could be more of a danger than others. And those people are have been there through the ages. And and so when and we look at our children and, or our parents looked at us, they're hoping we make different choices. And yet, you know, we, we always see um, a family that's a good family and then their kid screws up or the parent 
and screw, screwed up and then their kid doesn't. And the thing is, is your child or your parent or your ancestor is still just a person and it's the same genes that are just being passed on from generation to generation. So technically from someone from 500 AD, their genetic code is similar to us today and their thought process is similar to us today. So as a result, changes when they do happen, they only happen slowly and they may only happen temporarily because when the next person comes with different genes with a different mindset or mental illness everything changes to a different thing and and so on and so forth so i i i think that what nolan said specifically was was brilliant because he's kind of right which is after a thousand years you think everything's going to change and it still hasn't Maybe it's never going to, there's always going to be problems until the end of eternity, unless we unfortunately do something like genetic coding that would prevent certain bad traits for psyche uh, to appear. But I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Uh, or we could just splice our genes with those of a velociraptor. And we'll be discussing that possibility in the next episode of the Dark Discussions podcast. There you go. I, I, yeah. Here's the only thing I would say. Also, let's remember we are in, we just finished season two of a three, four, or five season story arc. So don't expect this to be his final word on the subject. Don't expect to get the finest final word on the subject until you hit the final season. And that's true. That's true. Yep, that's a good point. So either way, that was a, a very interesting thing that he said, and uh, also uh, Chris Pratt for that matter. Uh, his nine points uh, of. Um, I guess, uh, nine rules of living. But a um, couple of things, you can you find those uh, articles on the Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group, and you can check them out yourself and see what you think, because it is interesting, and I felt it was uh, a good article because it was not ne necessarily politically motivated. It was just talking about human psyche in a psychiatric way, and uh, it was an interesting thing by... Uh, someone that um, is a pretty good screenwriter and that type of stuff. Um, any other items that anybody wanted to bring up? No, we've been recording for half an hour. Let's get to the episode. All right. Well, let me uh, read read a couple of emails here from Sean Fox. So no, Eric, we couldn't get. We're not getting to the episode. <laughs> not just yet. So uh, this is Sean Fox. Why would we want to do that? All right, so Sean Fox, uh, some of our listeners uh, from Canada, he has a couple things to say. And first off, he wanted to talk about uh, that article. And he said, as much as humans can and have reached amazing heights with their beauty, creativeness, and empathy, they are often balanced by a percentage of the species who will always put their greed, lust for power, and selfish wants ahead of all things, including the other people and world around them. The beauty of sci-fi, horror, and other genres is exploring both sides that make up our species, the light and the dark. And uh, this is what he has to say generally. He goes, sent a direct email, and he goes, Hey, gang, well, after watching, rewatching, and rewatching the season two finale until 2 a.m. in the morning, I am at peace and very sleepy. I was wondering how things would come together, understanding there is only so much you can do in the final episode. I don't think I quite expected the swath of cut by death throughout, 
but it sure made the stakes all the more poignant. I was sad to see certain souls go, whether via death or the sublime, but I am excited to see the impact crossing over will truly have for those who did so. I must admit the the Charlois turn was enjoyable, just as sad as it was to say goodbye to some very beloved characters. There were some questionable moments and choices made to pull off the biggest swerve, but still acceptable enough to follow the future narrative ahead. I don't think they have said when season three will be released, so I will thank you gentlemen for all your recap and review episodes. I may never quite agree with Phil on his views of the robots, but it is always fun hearing his take. Thank you guys for an extra episode of Weekly Goodness with the already enjoyable Dark Discussions weekly episodes. Thank you for your time, efforts, and for just being awesome. Take care, and until Season 3, or the return of You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast in 2019. May all your choices be your own. But one <laughs> last thought. Wouldn't it be funny if Phil has really been a robot all along? It would be the one of the best swerves ever. Uh, I'm, I'm betting you are. Good tidings and wishes your way until next time. Sean from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. It would explain a lot. I'm All surprised right. Phil didn't look at that email and say, I don't see anything here. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That, would, that would be a devastating thing to, to find out that. Uh, well, not, not, no, actually, no, because if you're a robot, right? Your life expectancy would be infinite, almost, except for oh, as long as you take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that could actually be all right. Oh. Yeah, yeah. As we were discussing, if we had to choose what type of animal, and I said a, a tortoise because of life expectancy. So, life expectancy is very important. Um, if you like uh, life, <laughs> that's. That's a good point. Well, you know what? If I was independently wealthy, I think I would enjoy life tremendously. Because then How I many independently to... wealthy tortoises do you know? That's I only know of three myself. But... <laughs> yes. yes. Um, anyway, um, back to uh, Westworld. So uh, I guess we can discuss the new episode. Uh, this one was the season, season finale. finale. Yes, as... Sean Fox just mentioned. Uh, it was entitled The Passenger, uh, directed by Frederick E. O'Toy, or O'Toye. Um, he is a person that um, basically uh, worked a lot of TV, things of that nature, miniseries, th- uh, and whatnot. So no- nothing um, in cinema, but definitely in television. For example, The Good Wife. Uh, person of Interest, CSI, New York, Hawaii Five-O, and on and on. I uh, even did V, uh, that show, back in the day. Um, uh, the episode was written by Jonathan Nolan and his wife, Lisa Joy, uh, the, or, in other words, the showrunners, uh, June 24th, 2018. And that's it, uh, to be determined the live viewership, meaning those who watched it during its premiere or on VOD at the, even if it was a few minutes after the fact. Uh, prior week, the vanishing point was 1.56. So after a lull of right in the middle of the season, the, the 
the ratings are slowly going up. So it would not surprise me if the season finale uh, reached, uh, if not a high for the season, a higher than 1.56 from last week. Uh, vanishing points. So uh, that's all I got. Uh, so I guess we can discuss I, what... The yes? season finale was long. It was an hour and a half. One hour and 30 minutes exactly, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a... Uh, that's featured length. Well, yeah. that was off the, the HBO site, Phil. Because there was like a minute and a half of a commercial. That's true. That's true. You're right. You're right. So if we take away that, you're right. It, it was like a uh, minute and 28, hour and 28, I mean. And I think I think Eric's point, though, of, of an hour and a half of feature length is pretty, pretty standard. Right on. Yes. Um, so uh, I guess we can discuss uh, what we felt about this and uh, so forth. So, uh, Eric, why don't you start? Um. I had some issues digesting this episode. Uh, my first uh, reaction last night was negative. Um, I was not happy with everything that happened and where they seemed to be taking it. Uh, I slept on it, watched it again, uh, and I feel slightly better about it at this point, but I'm still bad about some of the things that happened. All right. Very good. Um, Mike, what about you uh, I just finished a rewatch about an hour ago. Uh, I liked it more than I didn't. I had more issues on the first watch because there was something. There was so much that happened. It was hard to keep it all straight. So, uh, cat's walking across the keyboard. There you go. So, I think a lot of it felt a bit rushed because there was so much that they were trying to wrap up. I don't know if that would have been necessary if they hadn't spent so much time doing flashbacks for the two previous episodes, episodes eight and nine. Uh, There's a number of places online where you'll find conversations with the writers and producers explaining the post-credits scene, which if you have to have people online minutes after the final episode airs explaining what the final post-credits scene is, you probably didn't communicate it too well. Uh, There is a character motivation i'm not 100 percent sure i understand there's another turn for another character that i only kind of sort of buy yeah there's but, a whole bunch of weird stuff in this episode but but in terms of answering the questions that were there this season uh namely what was going on in the two different timelines the door the valley beyond and so forth and i and what dolores's plan was i i think i'm I'm with it. So, again, I, I don't like it as much as the first season. Uh, it's definitely going to change a rewatch because there's one character where there were major changes revealed that we were unaware of the whole the whole time. Uh, but we'll talk about those in a minute. All right. Very good. Um, yeah, yeah, for me... Um I, I did not watch it a second time, but um, I did you know, read reviews and... and a bunch of stuff on the episode after the fact um, and whatnot. But uh, I felt similar to Eric the first time I, I watched the episode. Um, I felt it was, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't boring necessarily, but I, I don't know if I enjoyed where they were bringing some of the characters or some of the storylines or some of the plots. I also agree with Mike that it was, even with even though it was a, close to an hour and a half, there was a lot of uh, things that they're trying to fit in that 
unfortunately felt rushed or compressed. Um, and as a result, um, it, it kind of was, was not difficult to watch, but, but not as enjoyable, I guess. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I'm still having mixed emotions about this episode <laughs> as well as the entire season, to be yeah, honest. Me, me uh, too. Yeah. So I, th- I think me and Eric will be close, but go on, Eric. And this is part of the problem uh, of the game that they play with Westworld is hiding, hiding, hiding things from you, hiding, hiding, hiding things from you. And then eventually they got to tell you what's going on. Uh, but then there's, it's, it's only one episode left. And so they got to cram it all in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even though the episode is the longest of possibly the whole series, never mind the mm-hmm. season, it, it still wasn't necessarily enough to catch up on all those things. I think Eric. And I mean, I got it all on, on second watch. I, I still don't like it all, but uh, I, I get it. I, I'm just, uh, some of the things don't still don't make sense to me. So right. let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, so at this point, I uh, will throw up the spoiler. Uh, we'll discuss everything and anything to do with this episode as well as the entire season and uh, the series as a whole. Um, so if you are interested in watching the finale prior to us speaking, go do so. Otherwise, uh, you have been warned. Um, all right, so let's talk about this. Um, where do we want to start? I mean, there was a lot of storylines and they switched around a lot. Uh, I did read one review that said they felt that the man in black storyline was shortchanged big time in this episode, and, and they may be right. Yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're not wrong. Yeah, so but he did, but he did get a large chunk of the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I don't, I don't know that there was anything. He got forty percent of the the previous episode. I don't think there was anything in this episode, with, barring the, the post credit sequence. That I ended up, you know, walking out of there going, man, I really wish I knew what was going on with the man in black. You know, I, I fully got what they were doing with him mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. I think the question was answered with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, actually, part of that was answered definitively with the post credit sequence. Um, Depending on how far in the future or how mm-hmm. far in the past that happened. No, because they, they asked, you know, what were you doing? He said, why did you come to the park? And he said he wanted to prove that that he had a choice, that he couldn't be described by some algorithm. And, you know, again, the idea he did this right after he got the little card back, you know, saying, you know, alignment, chaotic evil, um, <laughs> or whatever that causes her wife to kill himself, then kill herself rather, then it makes sense that he comes to the park to prove, no, that's not who I am, that I have a choice, that I don't have to be that, that they can't just, they can't put me in a box, right? They can't, and of course he finds out just the opposite. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I, it also makes me feel that these these people that, or, or I should say just him specifically, is, is most certainly uh, mentally uh, behavioral health issues even prior to being a robot because why does he even care you know, in other words you could go off and never go to the park and it won't affect your life at all and yet for him as an individual sure he, he owns the park you know whatever but he didn't have to participate 
You know what I'm saying? Especially since he knew. I mean, it's like, do you really want to know if you're going to have... Have, if you could predict your death, do you really want to predict it type of thing? Well, you so, don't have to play Far Cry 5, but you do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But but again, though, whether I play Far Cry 5 or not, I'm I, at least for me, this is how I think anyway, I'm not showing any personal weakness, nor am I showing any in, interest of what other people think of me. When, when I'm doing this Westworld thing, especially for this guy, since he knows exactly the whole thing, because he is from behind the scenes. He's knowing people are watching him. He's knowing people are evaluating him psychologically. He's knowing that he's letting uh, weaknesses and things like that exposed that otherwise no one would know. And I don't know uh, if that was even necessary unless there's something behaviorally wrong with him in the first place. He he had a profound life-changing experience in the park. You know, it's and this is what he does to get his rocks off. I mean, whatever. Yeah, right. That's fair. That's fair. I was just looking at it a different way, I guess. Yeah. Um. So I don't know how much it'll. I don't. I think it would be foolhardy to try and do a, a plot synopsis of this episode, but I think we should hit on some major points that have been brewing for the entire season. Now, Eric, could I ask you this question? And I was thinking about this right after we recorded last week. Like the next day, I was like, "Oh, I should have brought this up," because it occurred to me after the fact, twenty-four hours later, and that was maybe the man in black was going nuts. And he killed all those people and he killed his daughter and all that other stuff because maybe he is a robot that was similar to Delos, you know, his, his father-in-law and keeps on screwing up when they're trying to recreate him. Maybe he was a robot all that time in the park. Do you think he was a robot all that time in the park when we saw him as the man no. in black? No, okay. I don't. So you think he was breaking as a human being would break? Yes. Okay. What about you, Mike? What's your opinion? Do you think... Well, I asked the question, you, you listened, so what, what's your opinion? I, I think... Um, I could be wrong. I think in one of the interviews they clarified and said, no, he was human throughout most of this episode, that um, you see him digging in his arm looking for his server connection, and it's not there. I think that was their way of telling the audience he is not a host. But you know what? Isn't that a mistake? Because only the old hosts would have those weird things in their arms, That's right? That's not true. No, 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 no has do too. Okay, yeah. so, so even the, the ones that are mostly all biological tissue, except for the head... Still have a port. Yep. Okay, I did not... Right, and all, and, and all the all the hosts, for the most part, we get to, have been upgraded. So um, those are like the old designs from... But, you know, Dolores and Teddy, you know, they're two, and, uh, are two of the oldest hosts in the park. And they're they've got the the flesh and blood system. They they've got the new shell to go with the go with that. So yeah, so I, I they they do have that. I, I think that was done deliberately so that you could tell that that was that he, he was a human. And again, I I question how broken he was when he shot those people because he you know you you have issues of health because he was shot many times. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, and God knows whether whether he wasn't in his right mind, but I don't know that that he had a mental break necessarily. He just delirious in some ways, the way that people tend to be delirious when you get ill. I think he may have had a break once his daughter was killed, or once mm-hmm. he realized he murdered his daughter. But 
that's a whole other matter. All right. All right. Um, now, Eric, you said you wanted to grab some of these points. Uh, where did you? Which one did you want to bring up first? Well, I guess. Basically, I just want to kind of instead of trying to go through the whole whole step by step, summarize the whole situation at uh, the forge. Does that, does that sound okay? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so everybody's headed there for different reasons. Uh, and we we get there collectively, and we find out that there's a few different things going on at this facility. One, all the guests at Westworld have been copied into a great big effing server farm. Two, uh, Ford... Uh, or was it Arnold? I, one of them, or both of them, designed a kind of nirvana uh, for the hosts to escape to, and that's what uh, Akichita had been referring to when he said uh, it was a door to another world, um, because they do activate it, and it creates kind of a portal uh, for them to go through, and when they go through, they see they see a rift. Uh, it would it appear to them, the hosts, as a rift in the space-time continuum, if you will. Uh, but the humans can't actually see it because it's not actually there. Uh, but when they go through it, uh, going through it uh, activates an upload process where their consciousness gets uploaded into the server farm, uh, into this digital nirvana that they created for the hosts. So all the hosts are lining up to go through that door into Nirvana. Yeah, they, they call and, it like like an Eden, right? An Almost. Eden, yes. Yeah. Um, it's or, like a virtual or, reality. Or what, what do they call it? The, 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 the Greeks love the fields of... Uh, Elysian. Elysian, Elysian yeah. fields. Right. Yeah, so it's, you know, depends on where you come from. Uh, but uh, basically, eternal bliss. And what, what uh, Ford at least considered freedom. Uh, so that's going on. And meanwhile, Maeve is there to try and find her daughter, and uh, Charlotte and the human gang are on their way with weaponized uh, Clementine uh, to try and take out all the hosts. Right. Did I miss anything there? I don't think so, no. Okay. Because yeah, that well, was the big mystery: is where the what the hell is this place? Why is everybody headed there? Uh, and basically, we find out that uh, Dolores is headed there because uh, she wants to learn about humans so that she can defeat them. Uh, Bernard was there to try and open the door for the rest of the hosts, and the rest of the hosts were there because uh, somehow Akichita knew. Uh, I don't know if it was something that was planted there by by Ford. But somehow Akichita knew and spread throughout his tribe um, the knowledge that there was a doorway there to another world. Not even his tribe, I, I, because at that they, point... Yeah, there were a bunch of Western folk there, too. I don't know yeah, what the yeah. was, how they found out about it. Well, you remember in the prior, one of those prior episodes, he said that there was no tribe anymore because they were all his people or something. I swear he said that. And, and so it was almost like he had gathered all the hosts, and it didn't yeah. matter. They're all what, his tribe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that. So it, we're we're talking virtual reality now. We're talking 
virtual virtual reality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we don't even know what this Eden means because the moment virtual they, reality for virtual consciousness. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And when they cross over, even though they call it a fields of whatever or, or Eden, do their free will disappear so they can't? be bad or good or, or what I, I, I mean well, I guess we're not we may find that out in another season or we may never mm-hmm. because I was curious about that too it's like are they even if they cross over aren't the typical problems that are in their programming which is similar to humans uh, going to appear even on the other side too yeah uh, but they they, they, they have they, I think the whole idea is that this is Ward has been what pushing them towards this. Mm-hmm. Um, that that had been his goal all along was to get to this stage and that <clears throat> this is a way to forever put them out of reach of human meddling, that they are free. And part of being free is the freedom to be a dick. So yeah. you, you can't set them loose in those free fields forever and at the same time say, then no more free will for you. Um, so whatever would happen there happens there. I don't know if we're ever going to find out. I don't think that it's necessarily relevant to the story. Right. And plus it's, it's, it's similar to like colonialism where when, after they kick out the colonists, they say the reason we're kicking you out is because we can rule ourselves. And so in this other world, even if they fuck it up, at least they're able to rule themselves. Mm. I was very happy to see Kichita reunited with his wife. Yeah, and, and that she remembered him too, because yeah. again, they're how they get reset continuously. Yeah, uh, I also enjoyed the the mechanism of how that all worked because it was right on the edge of a cliff. Um, so they see this rift here, and they would go through the rift, and the physical body of the host would continue to fall over the edge of the cliff, but their consciousness would get uploaded. And they would they would look like they're walking in the field. It was pretty cool. Right, right. So th- th- this this is some other interesting things about what consciousness is, because technically, you know, like like you said, Ford was looking all along to get their consciousness or or them as individuals, whether they're physical or or um, virtual, away from humanity. But the mo- the moment, like let's let's say if a uh, a volcano erupted in their the computer chip that holds all this gets sucked up and is destroyed. Are they all dead for good ever? Or well, uh, it, I don't you know, think so. I'm, oh, pre- I'm it, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that they got beamed to the satellite at the end. Oh yeah, that's right. Because that's what Dolores was saying that she wanted to send them to a place that they would not. Nobody ever, would find them. Yep. Right. 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 Yeah. So as long as as no one eventually goes up there to find them, they technically they should be safe. Mm-hmm. Well, but again, nothing is forever if you're dealing with something that's artificial. But they'll have right. a pretty good good time to go on their own. Right, right. Yeah, there's always a chance that it could, you know, it's mechanical and electric. The satellite will crash, or yeah, exactly. there'll be another magnetic pulse. But I mean, they'll still have a better chance of surviving without being tortured on a daily basis than if things had been left as it was. Exactly. Exactly, and and this is another interesting thing is that Ford here has decided that based off of his definition, they are in his eyes life because if they weren't life, 
and they were just computer programs to him, there would be no need for any of this, and you could just shut them off. But he wants mm-hmm. them to continue on as, quote-unquote, living, even if they are all through zeros and ones. It's still life, at least in Ford's eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so Dolores and her whole deal, um, I was, uh, <laughs> I had a little trouble with the whole thing, uh, cause the, cause they get to the forge. I, I did really enjoy the scene. There's a scene where they, uh, Bernard and Dolores, uh, get the little, uh, halo things around them and go into the forge, into the virtual reality within, uh, and are greeted with somebody who looks like Logan, but is not Logan. Uh, is pretty much the AI uh, running the whole thing uh, and explains to them that he he was tasked of trying to make uh, perfect replicas of all the humans whose uh, consciousness got copied into this thing and eventually figured out that um, when they when they perfected it and got a, a human a consciousness that made all the same decisions as the original human uh, as soon as they got put into a body they went wacko and uh, and it was because they were trying to make it uh, too complicated. And really, if you wanted a, a human consciousness to to function without uh, somebody going bonkers, uh, it, it wasn't a matter of having them do the same things exactly the same way. Uh, it was a matter of having them follow the same algorithm. And it turns out that humans are pretty simple creatures uh, and can get written in about 10,000 lines of code. Yeah, I thought that was a, a interesting and yet uh, brilliant uh, piece of, of storytelling. And based off of that article that I read about Jonathan Nolan Pryor, he's, he basically took what he said in that article and he made it into episode 10 of Westworld because basically he's stating that in that article you know, your children will be born and then their children and on and on and on. And you figure they're, they're going to make things better and nothing is better because again, they're just humans anyway. So here he's kind of saying that in the sense where they're taking the individual that they're trying to make into a, a host that will live forever as that individual. And the host continues no matter what things they throw at it to continue to follow the same thinking or plan or algorithm as you called it as what they call it in the show mm-hmm. and come to a certain point in their life that defines them and as a result they just keep on doing the same thing over and over and over in other words they keep on doing right. yeah so so for each individual human they keep on making the same mistakes Versus what Jonathan Nolan says in the article, which is each uh, humans as a uh, entire species, no matter what they do, they keep on making the same mistake. And, and I thought that, yeah, go on, Mary. And the AI uses Jim Delos as an example. And there was a moment when uh, Logan came back to him and uh, pretty much tried to ask him for help, and he rejected him. And uh, the, the last line that Logan delivered as his dad was walking away is, I, I can see the bottom, uh, or, or I'm all the way down now, uh, I can see the bottom. And um, he said that that was the focal point of, of Jim Delos' life, 
and that no matter what he did, he always ended up back at that point. Um, so I guess the, the point he's making is that humans, we're all on our loops, we're all following our programming, and in a certain way, we don't have a choice. Uh, we're, we're destined to do what we do. Right, and in Delos's program or loop or destiny, it's always to reject his son no matter what because of his programming, whether it's hard-headedness <laughs> or some weird, um, um, you know, uh, way of thinking or, or doing things or whatever, or drive, mm-hmm. no matter what. He's still going to always look back at the sun and turn his back on the sun in disappointment rather than, say, um, pity or mm-hmm. forgiveness or something else. Right. Uh, you know, and, and that is kind of a frightening thing when you think about it. And I, I say well, that. There, there are, there are uh, schools of thought. Uh, Dan was trying to convince me <laughs> of this a couple episodes ago on the scarcity, and I reject the idea of, out of hand. <laughs> but there are some people that believe that everything was set in motion at the at the beginning of time when the universe was created. Uh, and if you had all the information about where everything was headed, you'd be able to pre- predict the future uh, because everything is predetermined and we really don't have a choice. And that that is uh, somewhat the case in some Protestant religions, such as the... Um, I, th- I think the Dutch reformists, but don't quote me on that. Um, and a few other Protestant religions that state that everything is predestination, that w- the, even before you're born, your soul has already been determined whether it's going to hell or not. Because well, God is all. I don't think that's Dutch reform because Pam is Dutch reform and she's okay. never mentioned that to me. But maybe okay. she's just trying to spare me the bad news. No, and, and, and you're, you're probably right. It's, it's probably not that, that religion, but it's some. Religion. I think the Puritans were that way, but um, so in other words, since God is all knowing, or in the example Dan was using, nature is all knowing. Everything is already predetermined because if you're already all knowing, you already know that when you're creating this soul, as God is doing, that soul is going to hell. Because if He's all knowing, why wouldn't He know? that you're going to F up and go to hell or not. So, But, that, but that also doesn't mean you didn't have a choice. I, I reject the whole theory out of hand because if I don't have a choice, then I might as well just kill myself. Oh, but, but no, no, no. But if I, if, I put a, if I put a bowl of chocolate ice cream and a bowl of dog shit in front of you, I'm pretty sure I know which one you're going to choose to eat. Right. I, it, it depends on if it's dark or not. Yeah. But it, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter that I know what you're going to choose you still had the choice. So the question is, you know, if you know a person in the most minute possible detail, Mm -hmm. then given all the factors at play within a choice, you could more often not probably predict exactly what choice they're going to make. It did not mean that. And that 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 was Dolores' interest in uh, all the human algorithms in the forge. Uh, She plowed through a bunch of them, not all of them, but she perused probably several thousand, I believe. And uh, that was a kind of a neat, uh, uh, I was going to say metaphor, but it's not a metaphor. I guess it is a metaphor, but uh, having the books uh, in a library uh, as a representation of people's algorithms was pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I I will state that, though, Mike, with the predestination thing, is that we 
as individuals, let's say there is predestination, we as individuals don't know our destination. Right. But the, but the being who is watching over us does. And that's what Dolores is doing here. She's going to be the person that is going to know because she's reading the algorithms and already knows the predestination of people, even though I and you don't know, meaning we have a disadvantage. So you don't have to play coy. We all know the being watching over all of us is Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, uh, but, so. Yeah, but I, I posted an article um, where Jonathan, with an interview with, I think it was Jonathan Nolan, uh, where he compared, uh, used the metaphor of Maggie Simpson to explain this theory of consciousness and basically saying that if you look at the opening credits for the Simpsons and if you haven't, it's been on the air for 30 years. I don't know what you're waiting for. Uh, you have a shot of Maggie Simpson sitting in her little baby seat with a little baby steering wheel. Yep. And she mimics everything that Marge is doing. That's right. So it seems like from the outside that she's controlling the car when in fact it's Marge that's driving the car. Right. And there are some theories sort of backed up by evidence, although I haven't looked into any any details, so I'm not sure how much I trust it. <clears throat> or maybe I don't have a choice uh, in that matter. But that says that's kind of what happens with consciousness, is that your brain makes the decision and then tells you what decision you're going to make. And we, are, and we think that we are the ones, we are Maggie sitting in the seat, we think we're driving the car. When in reality, our brain is the one that's making those 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 choices and those decisions. Uh, or depressing, right? The id, right? So, well, it's, it is depressing. There's all sorts of depressing Monsters things when you look from at. the id. Uh, but that's why sometimes it's better just to, to go with the illusion. And you know, I choose to believe upload in free me, will. Upload me now. Right. <laughs> I choose to believe in free will because it's 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 puts my mind at ease, and because if. You know, if there was no free will, I really don't have a choice in the matter anyway, so. Right. Well, and that's the thing that's scary, too, is that it all depends on where you're born and when you were born and all that. Because they say you were born in Soviet Russia in 1938, you know, would you participate in the purges because you joined the army while you were born now and you're not a criminal? Yeah, there, there's all sorts of things about psychology, about what makes us who we are, and we all know we behave differently based on environmental factors, like just who are we sitting with at any one particular point in time, which group of people we are, what's going on around us. Right. Um, and and our, our nature of our lives and our consciousnesses and our behaviors are not simple things. But we're getting way too deep and string sort of far afield from the episode itself, yes. even though yes, we have the themes. Right. So, but those themes were intentional even if right. we so, go back to the episode. So I have a feeling a big theme in the remaining season, if not seasons, will have to do with this aspect of humanity. Because they've already shown us uh, that, or tried to show us that the, the hosts have a choice, that the hosts can choose to change their programming and can choose to change themselves. Um, but humans don't. But, and, and, and Dolores is of the opinion that humans don't. Now, of course, this is based on getting a computer algorithm to predict our behavior properly and particularly to get it to predict behaviors we've already chosen, mm -hmm. right? Can we get you to follow the path you've taken already? It doesn't necessarily apply to new and future situations. So I can't say that this is the final word on human behavior in, in Westworld, and maybe there will be lessons learned later on. Uh, 
like, I don't know, maybe they can get the man in black to add a dash of color to his costume. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Be that as it may, uh, what happens during the course of the episode is that uh, Dolores tries to uh, delete everything and Bernard stops her by killing her. And But eventually Bernard uh, comes around to a different conclusion and decides that, uh, yeah, all, all the human consciousnesses should be deleted. Uh, and so he goes ahead and does that and then uh, unaddresses all of his memories uh, so that nobody interrogating him can find out what he's done because even he doesn't know how to access that information at this point. Um, but eventually figures out that, uh, yeah, he switched the, the host consciousnesses for the human consciousnesses. Uh, I can't say that word. <laughs> uh, basically tricks the humans when they, the switch to, uh, send all the, uh, the human info. Uh, they're actually sending the host info. Uh, and then, uh, there's a big reveal and all the humans get killed. Did he delete all the human, the, the human hosts? Sorry? Did, did he delete the human programs? Oh, yeah. So when you said, Eric, when you said all the humans are killed, do you mean the, the human programs? Uh, as well as the humans in a room with him. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha. When, yeah, I when, see, the, when the reveal happens. Yeah, yeah see, because that's all is he was referring to the humans, because not through direct action, but by through indirect action, he killed all the people. Uh, right, I don't think that's didn't... what he was talking about when he said I killed them all. I think he was talking about the consciousness. That's the one I'm not sure about. I know he switched the transmission, but obviously they have the the man in black and his daughter program for dealing with later on in the future. Otherwise, oh, that's, that's a good that, point. That's a good. That's point. data they could have recollected. Well, and plus, plus you don't you could start over, right? I mean, you lose all the the people that were in Westworld. That doesn't right. mean the technology is gone, and you can't start over with new people. Right. So, if for instance there was a volcano that wiped out all the host consciousnesses, let's see the they, volcanoes tonight. It didn't mean that they went extinct. It mean you know because you still have the technology to make them all over again. That's <clears throat> true. That's true because that's the the hosts are created versus watched by a computer. So the coast, you're right, all the Dolores, all them, those consciousnesses could be recreated, um, uh, you know, through programming. While the human ones that they watched, those are gone forever, probably. Well, right, just if, like, if, just if like if on are... April 14th we deleted all your tax information, <laughs> you, could, you could probably calculate it all again. It just would be a major pain in the ass to do it. Right. Uh, and I'm sure that some of the people that were copied are dead now, so those ones are lost forever. But the rest could theoretically be uh, be copied again. Um, although they've been doing this for 30 years, so uh, I'm sure they lost a good number of people. Yeah, right. For example, uh, Dell lost himself, right? Was, I, think, I think they quoted the number 4 million. 4 million people they copy, everybody who'd ever been to the park. Um Right, and I'm sure some of them are never coming back, and some of them are dead. So, uh, even if they go through the the trouble of recollecting, uh, they're not going to get an exact match to the ones they had before. Right, right, and it may not matter. I mean, you know, it may not, but at the same time, 
Uh, I'm sure Charlotte was kind of pissed. Uh, but that's all right, because fuck her. Well, you're right. Charlotte I'm is pissed. I'm mad because... at Charlotte, and I'm glad she's fucking dead. Fuck her. Because that, I can understand, they, they, even though you could recreate it, again, that's 30 years of, of data that's lost, right? So yeah. that that would suck if you uh, if they're a, private, a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. Um, if, But you're right uh, about Charlotte. Yeah, so Charlotte... Uh, I I felt that happened way too quick to be honest. Well, they rushed it for sure. Uh, but what happened is that after the whole uh scene at the forge, um, they activated the uh the what do they call it the safety mechanism? Yeah. Um, but basically the the thing that floods the valley. They let all the dinosaurs out into the world. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, that's another movie. Sorry. And uh, they end up back in the mesa, and uh. Elsie, actually, wait, I'm skipping major shit, sorry. Uh, let's back up for a second uh, and talk about the chaos by the portal. Um, well, first we got to talk about Maeve's miraculous escape. Because this, I was, uh, I had issues with this because uh, Maeve back in the Mesa is still disabled on a table and Tech comes in to kill her. But somehow at this point, she's able to use her god power to resurrect a couple other hosts in the room and have them uh, take out the tech and heal her and get her uh, up and about. And and my question here is, why the fuck did she wait so long to do that? Uh, my my guess, my, my thinking, convenience. Yeah. Okay. Well, besides that, is that they just left them alone. There have been. Uh, guards throughout the whole thing up till now. And this is the first time she's alone in the room with what's-his-face. Right. Unnamed. Okay. With, with, with evil bastard. Um, and so she had brought up brought the two hosts, because there were only two or three hosts that were in the room with her. Mm-hmm. Those bodies. Then they probably could have been put down pretty quickly. Okay. That, 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 that is... I don't know if that was the intent. It could very well just be bad writing. But that is the explanation you're giving us. That is the explanation I am going with. I'll, I'll accept this. it. Okay. Um, and I did like how they show them, because you know, she had, when she first changed her her, her personality profile or whatever it was, mm-hmm. her, she changed her stats. She had given herself super high pain threshold. Mm-hmm. I did like the fact that they showed him lowering his pain th- her pain threshold before he yeah, tried to kill her. Man, what a dick! What a massive total dick he was. Yes, <laughs> and that's to make us feel to make us feel good about him about to be killed in in five seconds, right, and then have right. that raised back up, you know, by the by the next host. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say two things. One, obviously, it was intentionally done so we would make sure we hated this guy. Yes. Right? Okay, so that was the main reason it was done. However, if we look at it, in his perspective, he doesn't look at the host as anything but machines anyway. So to him, no matter how sick it looked to us, the audience, to him, he was just being... But, but why would you do that if they were just a machine? Right. Because, because he's an ass. Why, why does it matter if they're right. feeling pain if they're just a machine? If they were just Pro, a machine, you know why? they would be able to feel pain. That's because he's a sociopath. Because he's a dick, yes. And he got what he deserves. Yeah, that was that was pretty... <laughs> so, so now we get uh, freaking uh, Hector and Armistice and Dragon and 
Sylvester and Felix all just fucking show up at the Mesa. I don't know where the fuck they've all been. (laughs) Yeah, that's that. That was one of the plot contrivances. I'm kind of assuming they were following along, but yeah, I don't know where they've been. And I also like how later they end up out racing the people in dune buggies to make it to the door. Right. Right. Uh, So, um, yeah. So they show up at the Mesa and they find uh, Lee Sizemore and they all go to rescue Maeve, but Maeve has taken control of the situation uh, and uh, animated the mechanical bulls, uh, not the kind you ride in a bar, but the actual host of bulls uh, for Westworld uh, and has them charge the guards uh, and take them out, which was kind of a cool scene. It was. It was kind of cool. And then they all go, uh, they go out to the forge and along the way run into some security. And uh, I, I had huge, huge issues with uh, Lee Sizemore uh, and his stand because uh, it was completely unnecessary. Uh, I was just I sitting agree. there yelling at my television. Um, because basically the, the security guards have him pinned down and are, are about to take him out. And, uh, Lee tells everybody to, well, first Hector starts to give a speech and Lee grabs him and pulls him back behind the tree and says, look, you go, you need to protect them. It's my speech anyway. So they all ride off and Lee stays there and gives his speech. Uh, but he's got, there's like, there's like, I don't know how many security guys, half a dozen. Well, and, the thing is, is that they say we're surrounded, and then when they 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 show the security guards, there's, there's one doom buggy and two people. <laughs> so <laughs> well, there, so was, there was more than two people, but it, still, it was uh, like like a low budget film where they're supposed to have a party and there's really only seven people there. <laughs> you know, and it's like what's up with this? Well, that wasn't my problem though. My problem was that Lee gives, starts to give this dramatic speech and 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 takes this stand. And sacrifices himself to save the rest of the people and, and Maeve and and but he didn't fucking have to die. There was absolutely no good reason for him to die. Security guards are sitting there going, "Sir, we don't want to hurt right. you. Put your weapon down. Put your weapon down. Everything. We just we don't want just stop. Just put your weapon down." And, and he just fucking, for no good reason, uh, antagonizes them into shooting him down. And I, and I don't necessarily mind that because he, they did show him to be something of an idiotic douchebag so far. So yeah, but I don't. I just don't even buy him. I could buy him, st- you know, quote unquote, sacrificing himself to stall for time, in terms of giving himself up. I don't necessarily see him right having yet gotten to the point of if even if, even if it was necessary of getting himself killed. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, it wasn't necessary. Right, and even if it was a and even I it would have worked for me if it was he thinks he's going to just stall and then gets killed. Uh-huh. You know, not realizing that what he's doing is volunteering for a suicide mission. Right. You know that he's he'll be he'll be the good guy and you know and then oops uh, you, you didn't quite calculate correctly. That that feels like more of a Lee thing to me than, you know. No, but, but if he didn't know that, why the fuck did he pull Hector back? Right. Well, once it well because Hector would have gotten 
gun killed. Um, but well, yeah, what, see, I, I looked at it as just the typical movie moment where yeah. someone someone says, "You guys, I'll stay back and hold them off. You all go, and you know that person's dead." Yeah, I I don't. It just yeah, it, I, I'll agree with you. It it that felt like a very it was felt like a forced moment mm-hmm. in yeah. a lot of ways. Even though I I'm perfectly fine with going out with the character on that note. <laughs> I didn't. I don't need to see. I mean, anymore. he had a fun exit, but there was no reason for it. That's all. Yeah. But we got to hear the speech. Yeah, right. I don't care. But I didn't even think the speech was that. It, it wasn't that it, great. He's a yeah. shitty writer. <laughs> yeah. Which has been a recurring theme. So yes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So it was. It was uh, unfortunate. Um, the whole whole thing from the seven people surrounding them to. Uh, him suiciding for no reason, especially when, like you said, Eric, uh, sir, please put your gun down. I, they gave him like half a dozen chances to just fucking drop his gun and everything would have been fine. Right. It was just so he could say the entire speech so they could use him. <laughs> I guess it was worth dying for. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a little silly. A little oh, silly. boy. That, so, uh, that's a polite way to say it. A yeah. Silly. So, so maybe and everybody make it out to the, the forge, uh, Somehow, before, as Mike said, the people with the dude buggies do. <laughs> um, well, I have to go back and watch last week's episode. Um, it's one of the few I've only seen once uh, this season. But didn't they take a trip to like one of the outposts with Bernard? Or am I misremembering that? In last week's episode? Ooh. Yeah. And who? Who took a trip to Bernard Mike? Like, to, or like well, actually, it was like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, where they discovered that Bernard was a host. It was a couple of weeks ago. But where, didn't they leave the Mesa at some point? Oh, uh, you mean yeah. Charlotte and all those people. Right. So did they yeah. maybe go someplace else first, and then, you know, and they just maybe went out of their way, so it was a less no, direct No, because they were at the Mesa when they did the test with Clementine. Yeah, fuck. Okay, I'm trying. Yeah. yeah. So so they head out there, and I did like uh, Ooh, maybe they had a warp pipe, <laughs> like like the one they took from from Japan World. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but uh, so they start. They head out there, and I did like. I really enjoyed the imagery of Clementine riding a pale horse. I was really grooving on that until <laughs> until Charlotte delivers the fucking hammer over the head dialogue of. That's why I love technology. Why use four horsemen when you only need one? Yeah. Ah, fuck, come on. Yeah, they, they, they put a button Any, on it. Anybody who wasn't on board with the imagery there doesn't deserve to get it anyway. Well, all I'll say is that it's not as bad as, I think there shall be one more game to play. <laughs> it was right up there. It was right up there. Yes, but, but up there, but still a little under. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, that line made me so angry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, but you could have made this an game. hour and 29 minutes and 55 seconds long, and it would have been better. Yes, yes. Uh, so let me get out there. And Elsie's with Charlotte at this point. It should be mentioned. Yeah. Um, so uh, they make it out there, and Maeve has beaten them there with uh, Armistice and that gang. Uh, and everybody's lined up waiting for their turn to go through uh, the door to another world. 
and uh, Clementine starts doing her thing and and making all the hosts kill each other. And Maeve's group catches on to what's happening and starts trying to distance themselves from Clementine. Um, but she's approaching and infecting everybody as she goes. Uh, then Armistice, with her sharpshooting, uh, manages to take out Clementine from a distance. But apparently... Uh, that doesn't make a difference because it's kind of like a contagion. Uh, so now that it's out, it keeps on infecting the other hosts. And in this scene, Maeve finds her daughter and sends her daughter with her new mother uh, and Akichita to go through the door to the land beyond and says uh, she'll protect her and then uses her her god power to freeze all the hosts uh, until her daughter has made it to the other side. Uh, and then uh, Elsie, Charlotte, and the security people show up and take out Maeve. Uh, so she dies. All the hosts go crazy and start killing each other again. Uh, but the daughter makes it over. Her new mother makes it over. And Akichita looks like he might get shot. Uh, but he gets to the portal just in time. So although his physical body does take a bullet, he'd already been uploaded in the safe on the other side. Uh, where he reunites with his wife. Now, um, one thing I was disappointed about Clementine was it was kind of cool what happened, but I thought she was going to either ride by and they would just all start collapsing, or she was going to do like the remake of Carrie and, and start using her hand, and each time she pointed, people would start croaking. That but, was the plan, though. You saw the plan last week. Yeah, I know, but I was hoping it would be something. Yeah, it was, a, it was, it was, it was, the, King, it was the Kingsman plan. Yeah, I know. I was just hoping it would, would be something more dramatic or something. <laughs> more dramatic? What the fuck are you talking about? Well, I, 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 each other. Yeah, that's true. But I wanted, I was hoping it would be like like a superpower, like she would be a superhero and just wipe or super villain and just wiping out everybody herself instead of just virusing them. Oh. I was hoping she was going to do what Maeve did with her ghost powers mm-hmm. or, or hash powers or whatever it's ghost. called. <laughs> What what is it called? It's called the mesh. The mesh. The mesh network. I yeah. like ghost powers. Yeah, ghost powers. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all in all, I felt this scene was somewhat of a letdown. I felt it, it was, a little bit. Yeah. It, I mean, I see what it was doing and whatnot, but I think it could have been done better. And they were trying to make it too much. You know, Jon Snow in the middle of of the Black Wall holding Egret when she's dying type of thing. And it was like, Mm -hmm. it felt too much like that rather than, um, you know, Blackhawk down where everything's just haywire and there's no time to do any of that stuff. And I don't, again, the, the rules of the, they rushed this with Clementine so much with one scene last week. I don't understand the rules of the contagion. Mm-hmm, so right. why is it? Because it looks like it's a wave moving forward. Right. It seems to me that it should have. Therefore, I understand it's not going to affect woke hosts. Right. But why didn't it affect Maeve's daughter and her new mom? Uh, there was a there was a moment where I thought it was implied that she was using her ultra power to protect them. Right. I I because there was like a little like. Noise. There's a little sound effect or something, yeah. like a '70s psychic noise, you know the, uh-huh. 
you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I just wasn't convinced that that's what was going on. All right. So, um, so okay. So, all right. I, I still just think it, that could have been no, it was a little, it was a little messy. Yeah, it was a little sloppy. I'll give you that. Um, but but here's here's the, the I mean, look, we're, we're kind of hitting them one way and then hitting them the other. You know, for on the one hand, over-explaining the symbolism of the pale rider, and then under-explaining the 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 psychic power. And right, they're doing it all wrong. Yeah, well, right. but, but, but everybody course, knew the four horsemen line. They didn't need that. They could have used that. Well, line, say. Clementine's going to do the wave because of, you know or something like that. Well, no, the the problem is that the symbolism <laughs> no symbolism. Way. If you miss symbolism, you walk away from the episode not really changing it one whit. If you don't understand a plot point, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> Sorry, I just got no, the way. image of all the hosts standing up and sitting down again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. and, and they stop playing bleak whatever music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting loopy here. So, where do we go from here? Uh, oh, so they, so okay. Um, so all the hosts die. Bernard does his thing at the forge. The valley starts to flood, uh, and uh, Elsie and Bernard reunite, and they all go back to the mesa. So back at the mesa, uh, Bernard and Elsie are talking, and uh, Elsie's like, uh, "I I can't trust you." Uh, how can you trust yourself? You have no idea what kind of shit Ford wrote into you. Um, and Bernard's like, yeah, but what, what, what about what they're doing with the, with the, the consciousnesses? And uh, she's like, don't worry, I'm going to take care of that. But she basically freezes Bernard's motor functions and make him take his seat when, uh, Charlotte walks in. And then she goes to confront Charlotte and basically says, uh, you're going to be in a whole bunch of shit when people find out what you've been doing. And uh, Charlotte's like, let's think about this. There's a whole bunch of dead people here. Plenty of opportunity for advancement. Um, you think we can work something out? And Elsie says, well, if I get what I want. And then Charlotte says, well, you know, we haven't just been watching the guests. I've learned a lot about you, too. And I'm afraid that you're the type of person that doesn't have the moral flexibility that I need. And she pulls out a gun and executes Elsie. And I was very, very upset about this. <laughs> Fuck you, Charlotte. Uh, so. I don't even... It was almost like... The thing that upset me about that whole scene, besides, obviously, the the death, even though it was, it was kind of a cool death, but the character I like. But the thing that upset me was is that I don't even know why she even asked the question. Right. Or, or did her evil... Uh, end line, which is you don't have the flexibility, you know, like James Bond villain, and then just kills her because he, she already knew all this, and there was no reason to say any of it except to just for to make to make it look cool to the audience, us. Right. I, I right. Well, that's part of it. Could have been testing her to see whether she was going to be honest or not. But I think was she no, needed to talk to her for because I don't think until Elsie walked up to her and got in her face. Uh, she knew uh, just how upset Elsie was with the whole situation, um, but then realized that uh, she was going to have to deal with her. All right, all right, yeah, I, I yeah, I guess so. But the way the type of character Charlotte is is a, I figured the moment Elsie flipped, she said, "Okay, this person ain't going to work out," and just knocked her off right then. Well, I can understand her wanting to catch her off guard. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. That's a good but point. But at which point I would have, but I would have, I think for me worked better dramatically uh, and logically is for her to say, you know, oh, there's going to be a lot of openings if you're interested. And she says, well, yeah, you know, just give me what I want and then shoot her. And as right. she's dying, tell right. her, sorry, I know your profile. You're not morally flexible enough for this to work. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I would like to throw that way, yeah. Because when she says you're not morally flexible, that's that's kind of giving the heads up. Hey, I'm about to fucking kill you. <laughs> right. But, and you know what? Let me let me also say this because uh, we are nitpicking some of this and maybe not so nitpicking. This is a series that has. If this was like a regular, if this was, I don't know, Supernatural, or some series where they got 22 episodes I have to crank out every year, I'd be a little more forgiving. They had 10 episodes to do for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, they, they got to work on these extensively. So these are little things that they could have, they had more than enough time to polish these into better shape. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, wasn't, I didn't really have any nitpicks with the scene itself. I was just pissed that Elsie died uh, for reals this time. Um so <laughs> Bernard's upset that Elsie got killed and uh, and decides to do his whole thing that he decides how to do. Uh, he, he tries to access Ford again in his head, uh, and it appears that he's successful, but then later on it's revealed that uh, he actually successfully deleted Ford out in the buggy uh, in, the, in the field when he was with Elsie, uh, but he just imagined him uh, to tell him what he needed to do. Uh, even though he was actually figuring it out himself. So that whole plan goes down with him de-addressing his memories, and he creates another host body um, for Dolores, and that host body looks like Charlotte. So uh, what happens is that Dolores inhabits a Charlotte-looking host body and executes Charlotte, uh, which I was actually quite pleased about because she just fucking killed Elsie, so fuck her. Well, what I like is that they found a way to thread the needle. They were able yeah. to. They were able to kill off a character that the audience doesn't like and keep around an actress that a lot of the audience does like. So. Right, right. So that was that was that was a nice way of threading that needle uh, of of you know finding the loophole. And uh, yeah, speaking of changing your mind, so Bernard has to come up with a change of plan. The thing with the reveal with Ford later, the idea that Ford is not real Ford, but. Fake Ford is a callback to the bicameral mind questions from the first season and where Dolores had thought some of the conversations she was having with Bernard or Arnold were, in fact, really just conversations with herself. Right. Um, so, again, this is just confirmation that Arnold, uh, sorry, Bernard, is oh, is awakened if you needed any, if you had any doubt. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so there's a scene where Bernard, uh, even with his de-addressed memories, remembers what he did. At the same time, it's revealed that Dolores is in Charlotte's body and executes all the humans in the room. And uh, then there's a there's a there's an awesome scene later on where uh, where Charlotte slash Dolores uh, goes to leave the park and runs into Stubbs. And this was probably my favorite scene of the episode uh, because Stubb, uh, Stubbs kind of gets in her face. She's like, I've got lots of things to do off, uh, you know, in, in mainland. And he's like, oh, I bet you do. And then he gives this whole speech about how uh, the old man hired him in a long time ago 
Um, and it was very clear about uh, where his loyalty should lay. And in fact, you might call it, call it a core drive. And I was like, oh, damn, Stubbs is a host. <laughs> uh, and so he kind of uh, communicates to Dolores that he's on to her. Uh, but he says, you know, what? I'm going to stick with my original uh, storyline that Ford gave me and uh, keep, keep track of the hosts that are in the park. And then he yells out to the security guys, she's clear, let her through. Uh, and pretty much lets her go. Interesting. I, I yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't catch that. I didn't get that he was was a host and that he was on. Well, that's what. Uh, do you disagree, Mike? What do you think? I, th- I thought that's I, what that scene was for. I'm not willing to put money down either way because he could have been speaking very literally, or he could have just been using it as a metaphor. You know that right. uh, that that his that his his, his main mission is to protect the host mm-hmm. in the park. Right, I, and I did so pointedly. I thought he was trying to let her know that he was. Yeah, right. and and, and, ver- and I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying I I could see them go either way at this point, and you know I I don't want to turn into the man in black here, where I'm seeing hosts everywhere, even where they ate. <laughs> right, right. I, well, I, I, I I'll take whatever answer they give me later. Yeah, I, I'll I'll go later because this is brand new information to me. Because I just got it as him basically his way of saying fuck you to Charlotte because she was a dick the entire time to him. And he had to clear her because she no. is the boss. No, I think it's very, made very clear that he knows that she's a host. Yeah, he's on to her. Interesting. All right, all right. I'll have to rewatch that scene again then. Yeah, I, yeah, please yeah. do. All right, because, all right. So, so ignore everything I said and, and anybody who's listening, go with Mike and... Uh, so why, so why would he, why would he let her go through if he knew she was a host? Because it's a big fuck you to everyone who's been dicking on him the whole time. Yeah, it's a fuck you to Delos because Delos has been uh, putting his life in jeopardy for the sake of their information. Right, right. Now, whether or not he's a host, that's a good question. But out of all the characters, I think he's the more most morally sound character in the entire show. Right. Well, that's because he's not human. Well, if, if that is possible now, you're making me wonder that now. But I, whether he's human or not, he he's the besides Teddy. Stubbs, prior is, a to his, Stubbs is a good guy, yeah. right? Yeah. So we we then see that that Charlotte has smuggled four, five, 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 five pearls with her. All right, five of the eggs. Yeah. Now the question. Now we know one of them is Bernard. Five, five dinosaur embryos. Right. And the shaving cam. Yeah, we know one's Bernard. Yeah. Who are the other four? We don't know. Uh, one of them is, is when she got to the mainland, she apparently Ford had set up facilities in the house where Arnold used to live. Uh, and that's where they end up. And there's a 3D printer there to, to print a host body. So Dolores prints her own body again and hops back into it. And somebody else is in Charlotte's body now. I don't know who. Uh, and she recreates Arnold's body and pops him back in there and gets him up and running again before she walks out the door uh, into the real world. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I'm, so, I'm, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's it's very contrived that they would use the same three bodies that could be identified, especially in a world where technology is this crazy, where they probably have 
cameras that could I you know do face recognition well, and say Charlotte makes sense. Charlotte might be beneficial because Charlotte has access. Yeah, no, right. nobody. I don't think anybody knows that Charlotte's dead. Right, right. So you're absolutely right. Charlotte is fine. The other but two, Bernard are, is is weird. And, and Dolores, uh, I think, is fairly. Do, weird. Dolores, I think, is fairly safe. I don't think, uh, aside from the man in black, uh, I don't think there's a whole bunch of people in the real world who are going to be like, "Hey, that's the chick from Westworld." Uh, what did you say? There are four million. Four million people have been there. Right, and left so, for thirty years. Yeah, okay, but somebody might recognize her. But it's it's a small yeah it's a small risk. Um, yeah. And yeah, she wants to. Bernard be is the risky one to me. Right, right. Well, right, right. But because of course he was they, an employee. He was a Dallas employee, and they found out he was a host. Right, but we know the true reason why. Um, these, is there anyone who knew that he was a host still alive? Uh oh, Stubbs. I'll think about that while Phil continues to talk. Stubbs would, because he was there. Um, but I would state that the real reason that they um, 3D printed Dolores and Bernard is because uh, they want to bring Evan, Rachel Wood, and Jeffrey Wright back. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're that, under that's, contract. That's the, that's the main reason. Because <laughs> if, 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 if it was real world, they probably would choose different parties. But um, Well, and I think... Uh, there was one more scene I want to I want to hit real quick, which is that uh, back in the uh, Valley Forge or whatever the fuck you want to call it, uh, where all the dead bodies are, uh, some Delos person uh, is really sh- shitty with Felix and Sylvester, uh, and says, "Hey, figure out which ones are salvageable, bag them up, and get them back so we can work on them." Think you two geniuses can handle that? Uh, and Felix and Sylvester kind of look at each other and then look down at Maeve. And I think at this point, uh, Sylvester might have even had a change of heart because uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to bring Maeve back. That's, yeah. That's my guess, too. Yeah, now I was thinking as I'm watching this, um, when we see, on, on my rewatch, Charlotte is walking, not Charlotte, well, well uh, they call her on the... Charloris? No, they, no, not Charlotte. They call Haloris. Uh, short hail. Haloris. <laughs> uh, that that Haloris looks at four piles of bodies before she runs into Stubbs. And the mm-hmm. first body on the pile she sees is is Emily, the the man in black's daughter. Mm-hmm. The second one she sees is Armistice, and mm-hmm. then Hector, and then Maeve. Okay. And I thought it was interesting that she looked at four people and had. Four eggs plus Bernard in her in her bag. Oh, now, of course, yeah. Now that, but there's two problems. Well, with that. well, no, Emily is not a human. It's I mean, not Emily's a human. Right. Well, Emily's well, a human. We but think. Her, right. Well, I'm pretty sure she's not at the end of the episode. Emily. So it's some yes. At the post. Oh, 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 yeah. You're right. That's a good point. So there is an Emily host coming on, online at some point. Yeah. And if she's expecting the man in black to be a problem with her, then it wouldn't, she wouldn't be a bad ally to have. That's that just just as a thought. And yeah. if, you know, we're also again, assuming that. Well, never mind. That doesn't make sense. I sorry. Retraction. But the other problem, of course, is that I I do kind of expect that it's going to be uh, Hector and uh, not Hector uh, Felix and Sylvester that bring back Maeve and yeah. Maeve and Dolores. You know, we're not strong allies, so I don't. I, I could see her maybe wanting the other two, but the other two, of 
far as we're Maeve allies. Why would you want three of Maeve's allies, uh, sorry, right. two of Maeve's allies to come back? You know, you would want people that were on your side. So maybe right. what was her name, Angela or? Oh, uh, oh, Angela and Clementine. Yeah, but Clementine, we think the program was damaged. I don't know if she has an Angela ball, uh, Clementine okay. ball. Right. So it yeah. could be Ange- It could be Angela. You're right. Yeah. Even though she um, blew up, supposedly. Maybe. And, well, and I was unclear as to. Uh, uh, oh, Teddy. But well, Teddy, she let go to Robo Heaven. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. Um, were there hosts in the forge, or did they get uploaded from the park into the forge? Like she can't, she can't bring anybody back who has died before that moment, right? Well, I think what she. Could do like, she, if, if she has if she has host balls. Where did she get them? Where did it come from? Did she take them from? I, I just don't understand how the whole thing works. I'm guessing that the cradle was able to, blown up. Right, I'm guessing she was able to walk. Well, the cradle is just the the, the backup. Though that's the system restore. Uh huh. I think that she could just get the eggs from the bed, from the dead bodies scattered through the park. Okay. All right. Right, so you have the bodies there for Hector and for Armistice and Dragon and uh, and all the other and, and Maeve. Mm-hmm. They're there. Mm-hmm. They're they're their their pearls are inside their head. They show her taking Teddy's out at the beginning of the episode and show that the bullet has hit the casing mm-hmm. on on that and it flattened out. So that's a bulletproof casing to protect this. The, the right. VA. Okay. So you know you really have to go out of your way to destroy one of those. And I'm guessing, going back, um, when they said, like, episode six or so, that, like, 30% of their 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 pearls were wiped clean, like, they they were pure, like, they were never in a coat on them. Uh-huh. My guess is those are the third that made it over into Robo Heaven. Yes, I agree. So, um... <laughs> so... So I'm so I'm eliminating all of those. Now I'm not convinced that we're done with those characters yet because she beamed them somewhere. We don't know where. I know she told Bernard I sent them somewhere where no one will ever deal with them again. I don't know that I trust Dolores. Yeah, she's not very trustworthy. And it feels Dolores. like a and it feels like a real uh, uh, waste of time to have spent an entire hour on a, a Kichita. To have him basically have an episode this week where he goes, oh, there's the door. And then, there's the door. Come with me, little girl. See you. And, and then that's the end of this. And that's the end of his part in the series. <laughs> well, that's that's what one of the reasons I had an issue with this season was I felt there was at least three episodes that were cool but unnecessary and they could have used it elsewhere, which would have been his episode in the two in Shogun world. But... Although, unless they're going to do something more with Shogun World and... The Shogun World was necessary because that was the sequence of events that activated uh, Maeve's superpower. Yeah. But I, they I could have found another way to do it. it that's, that's how I felt, yeah. They just, they just found a cool way to do it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, but you know what? I mean, the, Mike, you've been saying it for for episodes now that... They have to get the daughter out of the picture because the, ne- the next time we would see her, she's going to be 
18. Uh, 18, yeah. So <laughs> let's just get rid of her now, and this was a cool way to do it. She's she's pregnant. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, and the kids are his father. So, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, just... So, I, I, sorry, no, I was just, uh, I was just still trying to figure out the the, the pearls, but yeah, go on. Yeah. Um, so then we have the post credit sequence uh, with the man in black. So I, it's it's kind of a miracle that I actually caught this because I usually do not watch credits, uh, but something happened. I don't know if I went to the bathroom or while the credits were on or whatever, uh, but for some reason I let them run, and then I heard noises and no music and I was like what's going on I looked up and there was a scene going on I was like what the fuck <laughs> it was the man in black um is showing back up and it looked was that the where was he was that that wasn't the forge was it yeah what the hell was that uh was that I, I think I think that was at the forge okay oh was it the forge or was it at the entrance hall no, because I paid attention to to this this time because you can see the the walkway with the round room where the the forge and the the the, okay. the, the server is, and he yeah. goes and goes off to the side where there's another one of these uh, J- James Delos sort of rooms, right, uh, right? And yeah, so they 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 had this is the thing they had to go online to explain, and the fact that this is like happened minutes after the episode aired. Mm-hmm. Tells me that this was not a case of the people from Variety calling up and saying, "What the fuck happened?" So, because mm-hmm. too many people had this, had similar type interviews, so this was we're having interviews. They they screened the episode early, and then they had interviews about it, and clearly everyone was, "What the fuck was that?" Right, right. And and they explained it, and that they had to do this again is not a sign of good storytelling. But what happened is that he comes in and he runs into his daughter, who he killed. And so I, I love this line. First thing he says is, ah, uh, fuck. I'm already in the thing, ain't I? <laughs> so he thinks he's he's in the forge already. And uh, she's like, nope, nope, that's not it. Uh, uh, come over here. And that's when they go into the room that's like the one that Jim Dallas is in. Uh, and basically she reveals that she's doing a fidelity test on him. Exactly. So, uh, I, I, I don't think that the man in black we've been watching for the series so far has been a host, uh, but this one sure is. Yeah, and he knows it, and it, and it pisses him off because... It, well, he it, didn't it, look surprised, though. And, well, I don't think he's surprised because, for a couple of reasons. One, because he was doing all these tests in the past, and so when it started to happen to him, he... And, well, and you know what? He probably already wanted to come back, too, right? So he probably knows that he wanted to come back. So he knows he's going to be in this loop. Plus, he's done it himself. So he knows how it goes, right? Well, Delos didn't know because every time he says, okay, so uh, I, I know I'm, I'm coming. Uh, you know, this is a host of me. But he doesn't know there's mistakes, that occur, you know, where they've stopped breaking down because of some fidelity issue. But here, he already knows all this stuff, and I think mm-hmm. he's more of in defeat mode, mm-hmm. a defeatist mode, rather than anything else. 
Right, which is the whole point, I think, of that line, the arm and the thing, you know. Exactly, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, right, so the way they explain it is that, and this ties back to the thing they had with Delos, that whatever he does in his simulation in the server, he always comes back to... Um, yeah, that that moment. That moment he, always he rejects his son. son. Yeah. So for whatever reason, he this is a long time in the future. If you look, you see uh, like sediment on the floor. Mm-hmm. So this gives you an idea that the, the the place is flooded and the floodwaters have since receded. Yeah. Uh, so this is a and this is through several iterations, and so I'm imagining this is many years, if not many decades, in the future. Um, that. The man in black consciousness has returned here, and he is running through the program. He is, he is reliving this experience again and again and again. Uh, he is trying to prove that he has a choice, but he keeps making the same dumbass choices. Keeps ending up at the same point mm. in the same scenario. Keeps shooting his own damn hand off. Keeps killing his daughter. Keeps in and all the rest of this. And he's going through his own. This is his own little personal hell that he is putting himself through to try to prove that he has free will. Well, and what I'm wondering is whether uh, the daughter he's talking to at this point is is a host or uh, her consciousness loaded into a host body. Uh, and whether, whether, whether the two are significantly different. Right. Oh, so you're saying, is she a successful version of Right, a reincarnated her, or is she just a a host that looks like body? Right, right. right. That's a good question too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and to go back to one other scene about all these screw ups is when Bernard is being trained by Dolores in her fidelity test with him. She goes, uh, "This is test number eleven thousand seven hundred and fifty-seven." So, I guess. And that's in the no, that's in the past, right? Well, it, yeah, but it happens in the cradle. Oh yeah. So okay. that's always been in in the computer and happening super fast. Yeah. So oh, I don't think it's right. necessarily relevant to any timeline. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because something in the computer can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do it in ten thousand times. Could be. In, and and I, I I don't know whether I don't think the man in black is in a computer. I think this is all happening in real time. Yeah, and she says yeah. that that this is not a simulation. Yeah. She says the uh, whatever it is, the simulation has been down for for a long time. Right. So this is all really happening. Yeah. And 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 notice it's not letterboxed. Right. 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 That's a good point too. Um, I, I have to state that. I still don't know if it matters because, as we discussed earlier, even though it is the man in black and his consciousness, it's still a programmed version of him because the real man in black in his being is dead at this point. No, he's alive. No, no. In other words, it's it's what we were talking about before, Mike, where... If you die, he's talking strictly the scene after the credits. Yeah, the scene. Well, after it the depends on how far in the future it is. Is this five years in the future or five hundred years in the future? Mm-hmm. But but at that point, he's a host, though, right? Doesn't mean he's dead, though. There's a host version of him. We also see a version of him in the forge. 
So well, well, and, and that's and that's what I'm talking about is that I still think uh, when I said I don't think it really matters. I still think each version of him that isn't his original self is just a copy and not really him. Even but, if but it's, he's the still same, it's, it's the same algorithm, but it's not really him. Mm -hmm. So then what's the difference? The difference is, is that the, the individual that was him would be counted differently on a census because that but, would be actually him. But if you can't tell, does it matter? It does matter to the per to the original him, as you mentioned. Right. So well, but but we but as far as we know, the original him is still alive at the end of the episode. We don't know if he's still alive at the it, at, at, in the post credit sequence. Right. Right. Exactly. That is true. That is true. Yeah, because that could be like you said, five years from the future, and he could still be alive elsewhere, or it could be five thousand years in the future. We we just don't know. Mm -hmm. Um. And you're right. Can you? And it's like that movie, The Sixth Day, that I, I mentioned a couple of times that Arnold Schwarzenegger was in. I gotta where, watch that because I do not remember it. Yeah, yeah. It was his last great film before he went into. Um, that has Robin Tunney in it, doesn't it? I forget. Actually, I think it does. Yeah, um, but basically, what happens is is that every time someone is injured, they upload their consciousness into a new body, identical clone. And then when they do that, that you have two versions of yourself and you wait, you can either wait for the other one to die or you can just kill it. And, and some of the people are, are scumbags, so they just kill it because they don't care. But the point is, is that can you have or will they start having multiple versions? Of, for example, you could have the original man of black, like you just said, Mike, he still could be alive, even in this post credit scene. And then also have a host version of him as well, since that algorithm has already been programmed into a computer. So it, technically, you could create multiple versions, host versions of a human being, and still have that human being still be alive as well. Yes. Uh, and that's scary. Um, and confusing. Yes. Uh, correction, End of Days is the movie that Robin Tony was in with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, not okay. the sixth day. Yeah, not the sixth day. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, uh, all I have to say at this point is I really hope in season three they don't go back to the park. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to see this, this what is it called, a uh, cyberpunk city that they lived in? That was no, I think it was New York. Yeah, but it was like we had buildings. Or, or well, it was Asian, wasn't it? I can't even remember. Yeah, we don't. We don't really know. Uh, the best one was when you were at Delos's house and you could see the city on the other side of the uh -huh. base. So that would make me yeah. think it is New York, but it could be anywhere. But they're in the real world, uh, for better or for worse. And I think where they're taking this is kind of to the, uh, I, at least I, I, this is this is. Not a bold prediction because I'm really unsure. Uh, even though my bold prediction was completely wrong, uh, <laughs> I was confident when I made it. I'm not confident of this, but they could be taking it uh, in the direction of Future World, uh, the movie sequel to Westworld, uh, where they were trying to take over the world by impersonating leaders with hosts. That's what I was thinking, Eric. I was thinking that they were even going to go beyond Future World because Future World they they stop it in time 
while here they may already have it where the people are in place. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know the purpose of oh, the duplicates. Mm-hmm. Well, unless they're well, if the duplicates are what Dolores is implying, it means to wipe out the humans, right? Right. If Dolores would gets her way, I believe what she would want to do is say uh, have one host in place as president of the United States and another host in place as the leader of another nuclear power uh, and have them get mad at each other. Right. Right, but I don't know that that was the plan for the Dealers Corporation. Oh, no, no, no. It's not no, the corporation's no, no. plan at all. No, no, no. no. Right. no, no. I, I'm saying they're not going to go identical to, to uh, Future World, but uh, they're going to be elements, I think. Right. Like, right. I, I, I can... I am very confident that they will use the host in Charlotte's body to their advantage to try and access Delos to their advantage somehow. Right, right, exactly. That's, that's, yeah, basically, unlike Future World, where it's a company that's trying to take over the world by replacing leaders with their spies, basically, it is Dolores doing it instead. With her endgame being elimination of humankind. Right, and world domination. Yeah. By the well, I don't even think she cares about dominating the world. She just wants to kill humans. Yeah, you could, she's you could still mad at them. Yeah, you could be right. Her her own only goal is is revenge or vengeance or something. Thank you once again for listening to Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, where we just discussed episode ten in the season finale called The Passenger. The last few minutes of the original podcast, unfortunately, had some technical difficulties. However, all it was was wrapping up our episode. As a result, I'm here just to do the final wrap-up and to let everybody know that we will be back in Season 3. Sometimes folks know that we do a wrap-up episode, or an 11th episode after the finale, but we decided that instead, uh, since we pretty much talked and discussed everything uh, that was important in this here episode we instead will do a recap episode when we return for season three so prior to the release of episode one of season three of the westworld television show we will have a new episode then but if you do want to continue to follow us weekly we do do our second podcast called dark discussions podcast in that podcast, we discuss science fiction, horror, fantasy, thrillers, techno-thrillers, mysteries, and midnight movies, and critique and review them in detail. Similar to what we do here at Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. We do hope that you will continue to join us at Dark Discussions, which can be found at www.darkdiscussions.com. Email is darkdiscussions at aol.com. The Facebook group is Dark Discussions Podcast. And we do have Twitter, Dark Discussion One. And you can find that on Twitter, iTunes, and Google Play, or wherever podcasts are found. And all the episodes of Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, 
as well as Dark Discussions can be found at www.darkdiscussions.com. Thank you for listening to us here at Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a West Road podcast. A podcast that was mentioned on the Huffington Post and its sister podcast, Dark Discussions, was a Rondo Award nominee. So if you have any feedback, please email darkdiscussions at AOL.com. And once again, thank you for listening to us discuss Season 2 of Westworld. And don't forget, we're on Dark Discussions Podcast, and we will be back for Season 3 of Westworld whenever that arrives. <laughs>